When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey folks, welcome into the Dublin to Denver podcast on the Mile High Report Podcast Network. My name is Michael McQuaid. I'm joined with Colin, Cr- Colin Cronin and Stuart Roach. I'm not doing that intro again. Uh, very, very warm welcome in, lads. We're here. Uh, we're sitting just under three weeks out from the start of the season, which is for the Broncos on September the 12th, Monday Night Football against the Seattle Seahawks. So we're not too far away now. Uh, reacting after the Broncos went 1-1 one and one in the preseason after a comprehensive, you could probably say, defeat in Buffalo. 42-15. Uh, That's seen Case Keenum get involved heavily, which is great to see. And also Josh Allen looked like he didn't take any time off at all this, this offseason. Um, Colin, first off, very, very warm welcome. And how are you doing? I'm good, Michael. Um, I... Look, you, you, I have discussed my feelings on preseason over and over again on, on this podcast, and it has been interesting to see the reaction um, to, to the game. I would really, you know, um, remind people um, that both the 2008 Detroit Lions, who went 0-16, and the 2017 Cleveland Browns, who went 0-16, went 4-0 in preseason. Zach Wilson last year looked like a world beater. It looked like the Jets had gotten their guy at uh, QB 
And we all saw what happened in the regular season. I think he's of the, the top uh, guys. He's probably the guy with the most questions around him as he enters year two. So I, I, I think, um, yeah, preseason is, is preseason. Stuart, preseason is preseason. Uh, still, I know your son's a big Bills fan, so uh, it must have been a hard night for you watching that. Well, I was going to say hard night. It was on really early as well. 42-15. Yeah, I think he kind of wandered off midway through the second quarter. He'd, he, like most Broncos fans, he'd seen enough at that stage. Um, yeah, I mean, like, you know, Coach Hackett has, has set his stall out in the sense that he, he was very quick to kind of let everybody know that he wasn't going to be playing as starters in the preseason. So you kind of have to, you have to live with that. Um, you know, there's been well-documented occasions, the Rams, for example, I saw several people t- tweeting that the Rams uh, went winless in last year's preseason. And they, uh, they ended up having a, you know, pretty successful season, obviously. Um, the only thing I would say is that to me, it kind of just reinforces the idea that Denver's strength and depth may have been over-exaggerated over the last few weeks with um, how people performed in camp um, because it didn't really bow particularly well, especially on the defensive side of the ball, I thought. Um, for us, if we were to lose several um, sort of important players at key positions, now I know you could say that's the same for every team, but I thought our defensive um, second string would do better than they did. You know, fair enough, they were up against the Bills' first team for virtually all the first quarter, some of the second. But Carl Mecklenburg, who we talked about briefly last week in the program, made a good point. He said, you know, the Broncos look like they're feeling sorry for themselves. At some point, to make an excuse anymore. It's actually not second-team defense versus first-team defense at this point. Somebody needs to make a play and somebody needs, needs to make a tackle. And um, I, I would agree, I think... You know, a lot of these guys, this is probably their last chance at making certainly the Broncos roster. And then once you're kind of, you know, into practice squads and getting cut and picked up, there's no guarantees that that, that that's going to play out for you. And so there was a couple of pairs I thought disappointed um, and very, very few that kind of put their hands up really to sort of suggest, you know, the unknowns that put themselves in the conversation. I don't think there's going to be too many surprises when we get to the, the, the roster cut downs. I guess Washington, the kickoff and punt returner, had another good game. Um, struggling to think of anybody on defense that really stood out. Yeah, Colm, just in terms of what Stuart was saying, I, I know you have a few points to make there. That Washington situation was probably one of the main positives from the game. An average of 27.5 yards, two returns, like 55 yards. And also, um, Brandon McManus, as always, or as most of the time, flea for flea on field goals. Um, a long record of 55 for him in that game. So there are positives, albeit from a very sort of uh, limited way of looking at it, I guess. Yeah, look, you take you take it on performance rather than result. And I suppose that's the that's the thing. I mean, I, I just don't think you should get 
you know, two, two up if you win or, or two down if you don't. I, I do think it's absolutely fair to ask questions. And I think surrounding that, that is something that maybe didn't happen um, in under the last regime. OK, and interestingly, Derek Wolf came out. So we've talked on this podcast about Sue Cravens and what Sue Cravens has come out to say. And Derek Wolf came out this week and talked about um, the, the Vic Fangio regime and the training methods and not believing in science. When, you know, it, it was like you couldn't ask questions under the financial re- regime. Everything was fine. Everything was hunky-dory. I hope that fans look at some of the stories that are emerging now. And maybe before players didn't have social media to come out and kind of air what was really going on. But I think it's always fair, no matter what the situation, no matter what the sport, no matter who's in charge, to ask fair questions about what is going on and to realize that some of what you're being presented with is not going to to be the warts and all version of it so i i think that is interesting and i think that can feed into a little bit in, in pre-season where you completely dismiss the, the performance there were some worrying aspects but i don't think we can you know overreact to it either like josh allen started off anyone going against josh allen right the chiefs discovered that to, almost to their detriment in the playoff game. The other thing I'd like to say on Josh Allen, I just want to make the point that it's out there. There is this narrative, and I just want to beat it down, that Josh Allen was absolutely hopeless for his first two years, that the Bills suddenly got him out of nowhere. That How, how did they stumble across this guy? Yeah, there were absolutely plenty of legitimate questions around Josh Allen. There were people who, you know, wondered, um, you know, could he sort out the accuracy issue? Issues. But there were plenty of others who were bigging Josh Allen up uh, when he was coming into the league. You, you can look out there, you can see people who felt that he should go number one overall. You can see uh, people talk about him being uh, transcendental talent uh, in terms of what he had. He took the Bills to the playoffs in his second season. I mean, this notion that he was hopeless up until year three, he took the Bills to the playoffs in their second season. I just want to get that out there. He is a fantastic quarterback. When you put him up against um, your twos and threes in, he is going to take advantage of it like he did. That kind of set the tone for what was to follow uh, for the rest of the game. I felt you were always a little bit on the back foot because uh, of that. I think that played into it a little bit. Yeah, I think that's a very fair point in Josh Allen as well. He did look like a world beater at one point during that game. <laughs> like, was it the touchdown pass to Gabe Davis? I mean, Jesus, it was like you fell asleep in January and woke up in at, at the end of August and nothing had changed. But yes, you're right in terms of the players that we had out in the field at the time. And then that comment as well on uh, Vic Fangio, that was on our dear friend and comrade, uh, Brandon Perna's podcast, where he said, quote, um, Vic Fangio was putting us through as far as practice goes. He was trying to, quote, kill us in practice. Obviously, he didn't believe in science, all that sort of stuff. I mean, for him to come out, and I think for any, for any player to come out and say that was somebody that technically Fangio was not retired. As far as, I think a lot of people sort of thought, oh, he'll take the year out and he'll get a job next year. I, I think that whole narrative now has completely changed. Now, then again, you never know who might be desperate enough to, to get a head coach or, or defensive coordinator minimum um, come Christmas this year Stuart I'm going to annoy Colm now because I, I, if, you, if you're listening to this on the audio he, he's going to get annoyed about this Colm has talked about preseason and his thoughts on preseason and 
about Colin, wasn't it? Justin Herbert never played a preseason game, wasn't it? Yeah. Yep. Stuart, I'm sorry. I think if you're Russell Wilson, it does not hurt to have a couple of reps. No? You've went to a new team, a new city, a different type of offense with Nathaniel Hackett, albeit something that he can work himself into very quickly. Surely a couple of reps, even a series, anything, three downs, I don't care, just something. But yeah, he's standing there. I, I Maybe this is the whole difference here between American sports and like preseason over here, or like football or soccer, for example, whereas you sort of take it a bit seriously, but you don't. But Jesus, like it feels as if he needs to get something under his belt because he is going in. Like I, I and we'll probably talk about this next week and the week after properly. But he is going in like that. That situation in Seattle in two weeks, I, I'm already worried about it, lads. Even though I shouldn't be, and I know it's Seattle and the situation of quarterback there, but I am telling you, lads, I just don't think sure that Russell Wilson. I think he needs to have a couple of reps in this Vikings game. I know, I know he's not. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. He's not going to, though. Um, yeah, you kind of touched on something interesting there, Mick. I think, like, if you use the example of football or soccer, as our American friends would call it, you can play a preseason game of football and you can tone down the tackling. Do you know what I mean? You don't see people flying in. Like, for example, we watched Manchester United against Liverpool last night. If you contrast between the Manchester United-Liverpool game that was on a preseason a couple of weeks ago, it couldn't have been any more different. People flying in tackles, people, you know, you got a proper derby game last night. Um, like I, when I was a lot younger, I played rugby, and that's a contact sport. Um, boxing is a contact sport. You cannot. There are no. There, there were no such thing as preseason friendlies uh, when I played because you can't. You can't play a preseason friendly because once you are into contact, when you've got big men hitting other big men or you know big people now, because you know there's female rugby now as well. You don't get. You don't get that luxury. So literally in one second. Um, your whole season can be thrown out the window. I get what you're saying. There's an element of rust. I can't imagine the Broncos' offense is going to look uh, like the greatest show on turf for the first couple of quarters against Seattle. Others, Seattle Seahawks look really, really poor at the moment um, defensively, which is unusual for them. You know, when you think of defensive teams over the last sort of ten years, for my money, the the two teams that would spring to mind immediately are the Seahawks and the Ravens. Um, and their defense is appalling at the moment, and they have been playing quite a few stars, I believe. So, um, yeah, there's an. I, I, I think what for me it comes down to does the element of of risk weigh up against the element of of rust? And I think you're better off realistically having uh, an offense that looks like it's going to take a couple of weeks to gel than putting your franchise quarterback that you've waited what six years for in a meaningless preseason game and somebody could just land on his knee by accident like the jets um and i also think as well i i back up what colin says but i i think in in his own uh point i think he he should have has hit on something i think zach wilson is going to be a good quarterback in the nfl because i saw him playing in college and i think he's got some good weapons around him now in the jets um 
you, you know, I, 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 for me, I just think you, you, you have to look after your franchise quarterback and you have to give him the opportunity um, to succeed. And I think we've spent so long with uh, the wilderness years. Like somebody was saying that Geno Smith versus Drew Locke, I just saw it on Twitter before we came on, is the saddest quarterback battle of all time. And I'm going, no, no. Trevor Simeon versus Paxton Lynch twice is the saddest quarterback battle of all time. And that's without even mentioning Mark Sanchez, who, who wasn't around long enough to even qualify for that battle. So I, I just think, no, look, I, I would be okay with the first week or two having a bit of bit of rustiness there, you know, the offense spluttering, as opposed to Russell Wilson getting cleaved and gone for the year. I, I just, I, I don't, I don't see the, I don't see the benefit of it, of do of taking a chance like that. Um, when uh, you, you know the, the the danger is just so great, um, so I'm kind of I'm with Coach Hackett on this one, and I think if you if you if you go with him on this one, which it looks like myself and Colin have, um, you know, along with a lot of other Broncos fans, I think you just have to accept games like that at the weekend. You're going to get clobbered, and um, so something for example, Mick. Like the run game has been absolutely atrocious, even in the game we won um, against the Cowboys. The run game has been just non-existent. It's, 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 you know, you look at that and you go, the Broncos have barely run for what hundred yards combined in the two, the two games, but they haven't really played any of their offensive line, and they haven't played Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. Also, they haven't played Russell Wilson, as we talked about. So teams don't have to fear the pass. You know, you're looking at Brett Ripon, you know, Johnson, who are career backups for a reason. So you know. On the face of it, the Broncos run game, could it be struggling coming into the regular season? No, it won't. The Broncos run game is going to be strong in the regular season. So I just think you have to you have to take that at the weekend. It wasn't pleasant to see. I was disappointed, you know, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, but that's the way it goes. You know, we'll, we still have so many good players to come back into the team. So I, I think we'll be okay. Colm, I completely get what you're saying there as well. And I that's the funny thing about this whole topic. I agree with him. I just maybe selfishly wanted to see him for something in that first home game. Um, very good point made by Stuart on that run game. And I know it's not a major concern because we'll have the main guys in week one. But yeah, like you're talking, the, the most yards ran by a Broncos player against the Bills was 13 with an average of 2.6 on uh, Saturday. So, I mean, that's not great. However, let's, let's be positive. Uh, Vikings game this weekend, 2 a.m. start in Ireland. Um, are we are, are we getting up to watch it, lad? Brett Rippon, Josh Johnson. I think this could be our moment, lad. I I think what this is going to be will probably be. I think Michael looking at in terms of Rippon and Johnson, that might well be what this game is about: is deciding who the the backup is. I mean, I I think I would have came into it thinking it was Josh Johnson, but I think Brett Rippon showed a lot more against the the Bills. But again, you have to to see who he's up against. So I imagine Hackett may well look to see to use the game to to check that out and the other obviously this time you know next week is when they have to get down to the 53 uh, from 80 so there's quite a, a significant number of cuts that have to have to be made so it's going to be the guys who are on the bubble um, who need to show out at the the weekend I'd like to see a bit more from Calvin Anderson um, he has disappointed to this point now he hasn't been helped by what's around him and and you could say that the QB play and the running back play of course look it, it no it, no man is an island but that um 
that's something I think that um, probably uh, will need to, is somebody who probably needs to, to show a little bit more. And the other thing I suppose that I will be looking out for this uh, week, in this week's uh, game, is Alberto. He is a guy who was still playing in the fourth quarter the other the other night. Hackett says, oh, he, he needs reps. Is there more to it than that, I suppose? Uh, you know, wh what is it going to be? Apparently, he hasn't been lining up in the, the two tight end packages. It's been an 11 per personnel where he has um, taken, you know, the majority of snaps that he's had in camp. So that might well be something to keep an eye on. That is... I suppose, what I will be looking for in the game against the Vikings. Stuart, is there anything that you're looking for apart from maybe Midnight Mass and a Chinese takeaway on Saturday night, apart from, you know, this, this game? I mean, it's not, like, this is it. Like, I think we're looking towards week one now, but is there anything you want to grasp onto? And I guess what Stuart said, or what Colm said about the, the cuts, I know you mentioned Washington, but is there anybody else on your radar for maybe anybody listening that maybe is not aware of some people that are under pressure of getting caught up. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Um, well, Jamar Johnson, I think the safety that uh, we drafted last year alongside Caden Stearns has already been uh, cut, which I thought was kind of surprising. But by all accounts, he hadn't really performed well. Um, I think we all got a little bit carried away by the, the wide receivers um, after the game against Dallas when Johnson was kind of spraying it around to everybody and guys that, you know, wouldn't have been particularly well known were, were, were catching passes. I think they're, they're, myself and Colin talked about this, Mick, when you were away. I think obviously you've got Corlin Sutton, obviously you've got Jerry Judy. Um, KJ Hamler, thankfully, uh, has returned to practice uh, this week, which is good news. But outside of those three guys, you have an awful lot of players who are kind of similar to me, you know, um, so I, I guess you know you're looking at probably Washington is is a lock to make the the roster because he's an outstanding kickoff returner, punt returner. He's just dangerous, and I think they've tried to use him a few times on sweeps and end arounds and things like that. He's very small, so I'm not sure they're going to do that again in the regular season because he's been absolutely clobbered on the few occasions. I think he's done that. Um, so you could be into you know it'll be interesting to see who like wide receiver four and five is. Um, just to go back on Colin's point, Mick, which I think is a is a very interesting one. Um, again, when you were away, Mick, we spoke about uh, positions, position groups that we thought were kind of ones to keep eyes on um, during training camp and going into the to, to the preseason games. And for me, the two, and I think Colin agreed with me, the two of the more interesting ones were tight end and inside linebacker. And that's before Griffith got injured, unfortunately, inside linebacker. We can come to that later on. But the tight end group, I think is the one that has the most question marks around it um, for the Broncos because, um, you know, we've got Dulcich, the guy we drafted, who looks like an interesting uh, pass catcher. And we've got Saubert, who's doing, you know, he's kind of a jack of all trades. And he's a decent sort of, you know, one of those guys that you kind of see bounce around the league for six or seven years. But there's something very peculiar in that Alberto, who would have been the presumptive starter, I think, for anybody if they were picking their rosters going into this, 
it's bizarre that he's playing into the fourth quarter. And I think there has to be something more to this. Um, and I would not be at all surprised if the Broncos made some sort of move in the next few weeks, maybe before they even make those roster cuts, to bring in another tight end. Um, you Gronkowski. Don't... Just well, putting it out there. Let's bring him in. <laughs> well, <laughs> there's more of a chance of him coming out of retirement to play for Russell Wilson than would be for Teddy Bridgewater, I can assure you. But no, I, I, I don't know who's even out there in the market. But I, I think, now I know Colin made a point last week that Russell Wilson traditionally hasn't leaned into the tight end as a safety valve and it's not something that he's done they tried with uh, Jimmy Graham it didn't really work out and um, but I I just think that that's for me now it's a position that I I would be really really surprised if we didn't bring in somebody um because they're clearly not happy with what they're seeing out of Alberto um and uh you know tight end is an, is, is a really valid a very valuable position, a really dangerous position if it's utilised properly. So that's one I will keep an eye on over the next week. In terms uh, of AOB, any other business column, is there anything else that you'd like to mention on this podcast before we... I think I think next week, lads, we should do our get out as your free card. We can give one more opinion on how we think the season's going to go before it starts uh, next week. Remember we done the preview and stuff but, and, the, and the predictions called. Have you anything else you want to add to the broadcast? Yeah, just a couple of little nuggets that I, I saw over the course of the week. Um, we were wondering what Lewis Hamilton's stake in the Bronco was. It was revealed yesterday, 0.2 of a percent. It wasn't 0.02. Um, it's not even a percent. It's not even half a percent. Uh, he invested about 9.3 million. Uh, roughly, which, you know, I, I'd like that money. That would be life-changing money for me. But when you buy a franchise for for uh, for over four billion and you get to call the commissioner of the league whatever you want uh you know it's it, it, it's pocket it's pocket change so i don't think lewis hamilton is going to be making decisions at at board level shall we say uh, the other thing that came out that's tangentially related because it's uh, aoc west uh, related was the fact that good old john gruden uh, who, uh, you know, uh, made a mess of things at the, the Raiders, made an even bigger mess of things, because apparently, according to Dana White, at least, the Raiders could have had both Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. Um, and who knows how that may have played out. Um, I, I think um, it would have been, you know, very interesting. Obviously, Tom Brady doesn't traditionally like playing in uh, at mile high, though he has had more success with the Buccaneers, let's put it that way. But I did think that was interesting. And all of a sudden, uh, Gruden decided not to, to go with it. That potentially is, tells I think, te- is telling on Gruden's ego, because I think what that was, was essentially Gruden was worried that if Brady came in, it would have been all about Tom Brady. He wanted it to be all about John Gruden. And uh, yeah, Tom, Tom Brady, who decided he could take some time off from training camp, uh, is, is now back with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, I've seen all the rumors that he's been the mass singer. So uh, if it's anything like the UK version, Jesus, yeah. wept, I'll not be watching that. i seen that video, lads, of Dana White talking about the situation. And that was the year, the year that he went to Tampa Bay. And I've never seen Rob Gronkowski look as uncomfortable. He sat there and he looked like, what is he bringing us up for? You could see his face. I zoomed in, I looked at it. He did not look happy. Uh, Stuart A will be anything else to add, but I will say this to you. Jimmy Graham, Jar Cook are both available as it stands. Jar Cook's 35, obviously previously with the Chargers. 
Jimmy Graham? I, I tell you what. 35 as well with the Bears. That'll be some upgrade going from a cesspool in Chicago to... Uh, I shouldn't be saying that the weekend that Northwestern are playing in Dublin, but going, <laughs> going from the Bears to uh, to Russell Wilson would be a bit of an upgrade, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, the only problem is it didn't work when they tried it beforehand, although you're not giving up what the Seahawks gave up to try and get him. I mean, at the time when the Seahawks went for Jimmy Graham, I thought it was a good move. You know, it was one of the pieces that they needed on offense. Just didn't, sometimes things don't just work out. But um, no, the only, uh, you know, as we kind of suspected, Mick, uh, when we spoke last week, Randy Gratishard did not make it as a finalist um to nobody's huge surprise unfortunately um and to be honest with you now you you wonder if that's kind of it for for Randy Gratishar I I I I, you know I kind of said last week I would have been surprised if he'd made it as a finalist I'd be surprised if anything was going to sort of fundamentally change between you know over the next couple of years so sadly it looks like Randy is not going to get in uh maybe you know who knows, I suppose, but uh, it, it certainly looked like his, his best opportunities is, has, has, has passed, unfortunately. Well, please, please, God, we can get him in. Uh, and even if it takes a few more years, I know one thing will be for sure. We'll be sitting here next August debating it again. <laughs> so we will see what happens. Uh, I, Broncos, I, I think Vikings. having having powerful owners uh, can have an impact, yes. I think, in terms of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. That's the reality of the, the situation. So if, um, you know, Bob uh, wants to to lean into maybe some of the, the other owners at those meetings, who knows why, what may happen. Uh, Broncos playing the Vikings Sunday, Sunday morning, 2 a.m. Uh, we've got a game in Ireland this weekend, Nebraska playing Northwest. So we're all hoping Northwestern win because I know everybody in Colorado hates Nebraska. I think is is that a, is that a true thing? Yeah, everyone prefers the Buffs, or at least the Rams, and nobody likes Nebraska. So I'm going to leave that's, that there. That, that's, as we that's said our, in doubt. that's our understanding from from thousands of, of miles away. There, we also, Michael, are potentially totally not related. Well, I, I suppose a little bit. We we may see him play against the Broncos in in London. There may be an Irishman in the NFL. Um, the the Jaguars have claimed Irishman James McCourt off of he was in the camp with the chargers we could have seen him against the broncos there but um he he's on, instead on his way to the Jags. so will we see him kicking against the broncos in london wouldn't it be fitting if they replayed Stuart last year's game against miami at last second field goal winner and you couldn't make it up all these years we finally see the broncos play at wembley and an irishman kicks yeah, the the, for the Jaguars. are the jags the team that have literally released all the kickers on their roster or is that somebody else and yeah and th- that's the thing as well because if he and he, at the time this, this is going to go out on wednesday we're mm-hmm. recording this on a tuesday at 7 30 irish time in an hour and a half at nine o'clock or at four eastern he will be picked up and that's there you go bueno got- bueno and obviously wishing the very very best luck hope the broncos can pick him up at some point in the future and yeah um, are we are we all watching this game of the weekend? I yeah, I watch it on Sunday morning on uh, NFL <laughs> Game Pass game in forty. Uh, I'll I'll do my best to make it into the second half. Excellent, Carl. You're gonna watch it live. I know your uh, wife is from Minnesota, so you you don't really have a choice here, do you? 
uh, I, I am sure my, my in-laws will, will certainly be, be watching it. I am looking forward to staying up late, given the primetime games that the Broncos are going to be involved in this season. And I think in, in many, many future seasons, it is um, difficult to motivate oneself to stay up uh, at 2 a.m. for a pre-season game. But you, know, you, never, you never know. Just while I talk and hope, yes, because of the international home market agreement, which I'm now a big fan of, the Minnesota Vikings who are in the UK and Ireland market, they keep calling it the UK and Ireland. It's definitely the UK market. I'll just put that out there. But that game, if you're listening in Ireland or in the UK, the game is on Sky on Sunday morning. So if you have the chance to record it or watch it live, 2 a.m. Sky Sports Mix and 3.30 a.m. on Sky Sports main event. It seems as if there's like, geez, this is three NFL games on TV here at the weekend. Bears, Browns, Eagles, Dolphins, Vikings, Browns. So Broncos are on TV this weekend. Sky Sports Mix, 2 a.m. or on your local channel in Colorado. For now, uh, Michael McQuaid, Colin Cronin, Stuart Rose. I'll be back next week. Uh, getting so close now. Getting excited. See you then, lads. Go Broncos. Go Broncos. Go Broncos.